on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? It's great to be there on Friday. We'll be back soon. Appreciate all the hospitality at the Palatial Landmark Studios. Downtown Utica was great to be there. Didn't make it to the Crunch Comets game. Crunch won that game. Crunch kept winning this weekend. The Crunch have won nine in a row. Just clinching another victory, back-to-back shutouts as well, with Louis Damagu sent down from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that's nine straight games for the Syracuse Crunch. We are coming off the heels of that win for the Crunch here. It is Martin Luther King Day, of course, so if you're enjoying the day off, hope you're enjoying that. But, of course, uh, please take a little time to remember why we have this day. More important than ever. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Do we have a lot to talk about today after another crazy weekend in the sports world and what was potentially, and I don't throw around phrases like this often, but it is certainly worth discussion, best NFL playoff day ever? Hand steps into it, passes, It's Joe Buck on Fox, of course, as we're all still taking in an amazing win by the Minnesota Vikings over the New Orleans Saints coming off the heels of what was a terrific Jaguars-Steelers game. Your boy, St. Doug, carrying the Jacksonville Jaguars to the AFC Championship game against New England. We'll go over it all. Lots of football discussion. We'll uh, get into that, I would imagine. I don't know. Maybe, perhaps, during the blind side. We'll see what Seth has for us there. We do it every Monday. On the block, 10 questions, don't know what they are, but we wade cautiously into those waters and answer them anyway. There'll be some hot takes later on this hour. Pat Shermer appears to be the man for the Giants. Matt Patricia's locked into Detroit. All signs are pointing to Josh McDaniels going to Indianapolis. Pat Shermer appears to be the new head football coach of the New York Giants. The NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reporting that within the hour that They're going to hone in on Shermer. He appears to be the guy. If he has offered the job, he will accept it. The trick is that all three of those names I just mentioned cannot negotiate 
or accept an offer while their teams are still playing. And all three of those teams, well, two, really, the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings, are still in action in both the AFC and NFC championship games to come this weekend. So it went from maybe Matt Patricia was the guy, but you always knew Detroit was lingering to Pat Shermer. Kind of a meh pick, if you ask me, for the Giants, if indeed it ends up being him. So we will discuss that as well. But, of course, we start with a little Syracuse basketball. Now, after the Orange's 101-90 to loss in double overtime, their first multiple overtime game since a little six-overtime matchup with Connecticut in the Big East tournament back in 2009, Jim Beheim said this, and this was kind of the headline grabber in the press conference. Let's listen. Coach, at what point does a, I mean, for any team, it's, you know, now one and four in the league. We stop talking about this. Five games, who cares? You got a whole season, you got 13 games to go. Anything can happen. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You play the next game. We had a tough start. I explained that. We had three tough road games. And if we'd have lost them by 10 or 12, I'd be really worried. We could have won, had a really good chance to win two of the three, and the other one's at Virginia. And the last I looked, there were two or three in the country. So. It's just tough league. Well, the, the, we had a tough start, for sure. Very tough. We started 0-4 one year and won 11 games in a 16-game league. Now, correction on that, uh, if he's referring to the Final Four season of a couple years ago, Syracuse started 0-4 and went 9-9 nine and nine in league play, but uh, certainly ended up okay that year with the Final Four appearance, and you can crawl out of these holes. The fact of the matter is that Syracuse's schedule upcoming is forgiving. That's the roll tide, if you will, of an ACC schedule, the up and down. You have these tough games that Syracuse has had, grinders, all games that they're in, the tough start that Jim Beheim mentioned, 1-4 and four in league play, and that's, you know, where the annoyance comes from. We've got plenty of basketball to be played. And, you know, Jim is at a point I would never dare to speak for him. He does a great job doing it for himself. But there's been sort of this contentness with Jim and the interviews that we do with him and the post-game press conferences. And it's just my view. But I think he knows, look, this is a team. This is, these are my words, not his. This is a team that's young, as we know. This is a team that's pretty inexperienced. This is a team that's pretty short on the bench. This is a team that gives you everything they absolutely have every single game. It is a team that is firmly committed to defense. What more can you ask this team to do? It would be irrational for Bayheim to rant and rave about this team at a post-game press conference, short of lack of effort, short of things that coaches are certainly within their rights to look at a team and critique. But they do all the things that check all the boxes that Jim Beheim likes. Now they need to score better, and there's certainly room for improvement here, but I think that's where that who cares thing comes from. I mean, I wrote a column about this on Syracuse.com today, and I said, yeah, the who cares comment is the one that stands out. But if you go through that press conference, and he was there for about seven and a half minutes, they talked about the Florida State game for about a minute and a half of that. The rest of it was he either was asked, and that clip I just played was a second reference to it, and you know people, you know, there's only about four or five questions in the entire thing, but it really came down to, you've got four ACC losses, what now? 
And you heard Beheim's annoyance there and the who cares thing, that there's time left. Beheim also going over the fact that, look, this is a young, inexperienced team that's doing pretty darn good given the circumstances. We got three front three front line guys, our three key players that have never played college basketball. Basketball children never played. Didn't play a Providence, sat out a year, played parts of eleven games, didn't even play in some games last year. It's his first year playing. He's getting better. Matt Moyer did not play last year. O'Shea did not play last year. We we're the only team in the league other than maybe Duke, they have a little different kind of guys who are playing three guys are first-year players. And the two guy, three guys that come off our bench are freshmen. So it, it, this league was always going to be hard. They held up early extremely well. We pulled out three or four games early that were, we were in worse shape than in this game, and we won. But in this league, you're not, it's hard. And these freshmen are learning. They'll get better. They are getting better. They're hanging in there despite the circumstances. And now relief appears to be in sight. Tomorrow at the Carrier Dome, you've got the worst team in the ACC. Pittsburgh is 8-9 and nine on the season. They are 0-5 in league play. They are a dreadful basketball team, and they're one that Syracuse should absolutely beat. Syracuse just needs to know at this point, if you're taking the temperature right now, of what it's like to win a basketball game again. They've lost four straight. The thing with this team is, and this is the balance you have to have, Anybody that watches this team appreciates the effort that they put forth and how in, they're in these games. And, you know, despite the circumstances, the inexperience just set it there by Bayheim. This is a team no one wants to play, and this is a tough team to play. The problem is you're going to run out of attaboys at some point, and you got to start getting wins. And they are so close to it. And that's where you can be proud of this team. And you're Jim Bayheim, and, and he said it in that press conference. I'd be more concerned if we were losing games by 10 to 12 points, but they are close to and in games, and that's really all you can ask a coach to do for his team given what the team is. If this was a team laced with more talent that was deeper, that you know, every team tells a different tale, that'd be one thing. But you've got to start winning some of these games. Or when are we going to get to the point where this officially gets labeled whatever you want to label it, okay? Use some dirty words that people in sports like me like to use. Rebuilding, building up, transition year. People are looking to next year and saying, look at that recruiting class coming in. We're not there yet. No one has packed it in. As Jim said there, it's 13 games to go here. But, you know, it's getting late early when you are 1-4 and in league play and you're not picking up wins that you're so close to getting. Now, again, I mentioned Pittsburgh. Boston College, Pittsburgh after that. Georgia Tech has recovered an ACC play. They're 3-1 and one in league play, 10-7 and seven overall. A game certainly Syracuse can win. That's a four-game stretch where, you know, it's college basketball. You're going to drop games you're supposed to win. Things happen. But I think it's fair for me to say that if you consider yourself a team that is in contention for the NCAA tournament, you got to go 3-1 and one in that stretch, bare minimum. That's where the conversation starts. You've, you extend it beyond those four games. Five of their next eight are at home, even when they start a tough stretch and Virginia comes back. That's at home. And Syracuse has a stretch where they have three of four games at home that are all against really good teams in a really good league. So they've put the fans and people that observe this team and even the coaches in a pretty interesting position because they do everything you ask them to do and they do it with everything they have. You know, Jim even said it at that press conference, too, you know, 
And I'm paraphrasing this quote. You can, of course, go watch it for yourself. And I encourage you to, by the way. I always do. I mean, I play sound bites from these things, but every time I do, I always remind you, go watch the whole thing for yourself. Because there's a reason that I will tell you on this show often that the Jim Beheim press conference is the best show in town. And it's not because of its entertainment value, although that's often the case. It's because you learned something. I don't know if he's agree, nor should you. It's a coach's view of his team, but you get it, as honest an assessment as you're going to get sometimes on a team. And you know, sometimes you got to poke the bear a little bit because some of that honesty came out after he was asked two or three times about the fact that they had lost four games in league play. But I think you got some honest assessments there from the head coach, more of which will play throughout. You can find the entire press conference, by the way, at ESPNSyracuse.com. So take in the whole thing, because it's a flowing conversation sometimes. And why do these things come up, and how did they come up? And I think you need that context. But the fact of the matter is, they're one and four, and they need a signature win or two in the league to hang their hat on, and they just don't have it yet. When and I'm asking this rhetorically because one thing I hear coaches say all the time is that inevitably you are no longer a freshman. As young and as inexperienced as this team is, at some point, you kind of make that step forward. Some coaches say it's in postseason play. Some coaches just kind of see a team that's evolved and has matured. And this is as weathered a team and has been in as many close games as you can get. You just kind of get to a moment where coaches will always say, and it just inevitably comes up during a conversation or at a press conference at some point, that, oh, he's not a freshman anymore. He's, he's stepped up. I no longer consider him in that case. So when does that team fit this mold is my question. Because they are only five games in a league play, but it feels like they're 15. It feels like, because of all the close games they've played, that they're a little more experienced, a little more weathered than you would think. And when, you know when Beheim really goes through it at its most basic level, when he talks about Pascal Chukwu, and his inexperience, Matt Moyer and his inexperience, and the players that all come off the bench that are all freshmen. And when you really lay it out there, Frank Howard is in his real first run as point guard. And all the, the qualifications on the resume, and then you look at the results, and you say, that's actually pretty darn good. So it's all on how we look at it and what we expect from this team. Now, nobody's saying, hey, it's just a rebuilding year, pack it in, because you have shown us that you can compete in these games against some of the best teams in the league. So that's a little bit of a tease. It, it, it's showing what you're capable of to a point. And this is just one of those games. I mean, look, O'Shea Brissett hits that shot. We're talking about a whole different thing. Three or four moments in overtime, and you know the double overtime swung heavily in favor of Florida State. But end of regulation, lots of moments in the second half, certainly in overtime. Syracuse had all the chances to win that game. So they are right there. And they've been right there every game in ACC play. How long they can keep this up and when they start picking up some wins in that stretch, well, that's the magic question now, isn't it? 437-7644, that's the phone number, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644, so we can discuss a little bit more of this throughout the show as we will. We'll get into the NFL playoffs. It appears Pat Shermer's the man 
for the New York football giants, blindside, hot takes, so much more to come. Let me take a phone call or two, though, before we take a break. Let's go back out to the Mohawk Valley, where we were on Friday. I did not see this man. What a shame that uh, that was the case. The one and only sports talk radio legend, Stefan in Utica, on the block. Well, hello, Stefan. Well, hello, Brent Axe. What's on your mind today, pal? Well, uh, do you think Syracuse basketball is going to have to settle for NIT this year, or can they make a run at the NCAA tournament uh, at the end of the season here? Well, they're going to have to start winning some games awfully quick to do that, Stefan. I just brought up the stretch of games coming up where you've got to take care of business because it's not only the good wins you need, you can't rack up bad losses. You can't lose to a team like Pittsburgh. Boston College will probably eventually fall in that category. Georgia Tech wouldn't, but it is taking care of business in those games. And for entertainment purposes only, I saw Syracuse as a double-digit favorite tomorrow. And finding ways to get two, three might be pushing it, two ACC wins that you quote-unquote one-up, beat a ranked team, can hang your hat on. And the thing is, Syracuse has been close to two of them, Virginia and Florida State. You put those in your back pocket, they're big, and they're right there to do it. If you're asking me right now to pick between whether they're a tournament team or not, I'm going to lean no. They're right on the edge, more projections coming out, and Lenardi's bracketology, a couple other uh, bracketologies I saw today, had Syracuse as the last team in. They're good enough to be in the conversation, but their resume hasn't is not filling in the way it needs to. On that note, we will break. One of the most incredible NFL playoff days I've ever seen. It may be the best. We'll discuss that next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back or welcome aboard, my friends. Happy Monday. Hope you enjoyed a day off today if you had it. Please uh, certainly remember why we have today off. Great work done by Dr. King. I have a dream. We got a lot to go and a lot to discuss in the second hour of the program. So if you're just uh, hopping on board, certainly welcome you. 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Plenty of NFL football Playoff discussion in the rear view. We talk Syracuse basketball, which we'll get into a little bit more here. Seth's going to take us on the blind side later this hour. Always enjoy doing that on a Monday. Ten questions. Don't know what they are, but we're going to answer them because we live dangerously on this show. The Syracuse basketball team is at a point where everybody respects how hard they play. Everybody can see their commitment to defense. Their rebounding has trailed a bit in ACC play. Much better second half, rebounding the ball in the first half against Florida State, despite their limits depth-wise. You know, Tyus Battle goes from going 4 of 21 from three-point range in the uh, three games prior to 5 for 9. He clearly had the light bulb come on in the second half. It was a the thing about that Florida State game was how dreadful it was in the first half, 31-21 at halftime. It's like, yeah, boy. It'll be another one of these games, right? But we've gotten used to it. This is how Syracuse wins. And I wondered about this going into the weekend. I said, is Syracuse's best plan against Florida State to be the monkey wrench? Because Florida State can go up and down the court. They're athletic. 
watch the highlights of the game prior to that that they had against Louisville, and he just had guys moving all over the floor, and it seemed like a game that Syracuse was better off, you know, holding off possessions, playing good defense, making Florida State do things they're not comfortable doing. That was the case in the first half, and the second half just turned to a free-for-all. It was nice to see Syracuse in a game with free-flowing offense, and it took a gargantuan effort from Tyus Battle to make it happen, but I liked the break and pattern there. There's another pattern that speaks to the depth of the teams that Syracuse has played, but it's also noteworthy that, look, in a long season, in a long conference season, you've got to take every break you can get and hopefully capitalize on them. I think it is noteworthy, if not interesting, at the very least, that Syracuse has played five games in ACC play. And in several of those games, the team you've played has been missing its best players. Wake Forest lost their best player for most of that game. Went down with like 12 minutes to go in the first half with a knee injury. Syracuse lost by six. Notre Dame, as we know, came in without Bonzi Colson, without Matt Farrell. And it was right off the heels of the Matt Farrell injury. And these are deep teams. They've got good players that can rally but didn't have the two best players, and that game came right down to the end. The ball slips out of Ty's Battle's hands, and the rest is history. But they just miss out on that opportunity. Syracuse plays Florida State. Terrence Mann, we find out about an hour before tip-off, is in concussion protocol, will not play. So you have other players. Kamanji steps up, and Savoy hits a bunch of threes. and These are good teams that are deep that can step up in the absence of really good players. It is interesting to note, though, that Syracuse has had that happen, and they've been close in all those games, but the old close but no cigar. And as I brought up earlier in the show, I think we're in an interesting spot here. And I wonder how you have calibrated your expectations for this team. Because every fan is different, and fans think certain ways, but I think all that we can ask and you root how, as hard and how you want. I never tell a fan how to root for a team. That's your prerogative. You spend your time and your money on it, so I would never tell you how to do it. But I think if you keep your expectations within reason, then you'll be a happier person or at least a more reasonable person about this. If you're somebody that expects Syracuse to be in the Final Four every year and nothing short of winning the ACC is acceptable and your expectations are drawn high and you don't, we calibrate, you don't adjust those expectations based on what you see, you're not going to be a happy person. You're just going to complain about recruiting, complain about this, and you're going to leave ridiculous comments that Jim Beheim should have never been brought back for that five-year extension and he's lost his touch on the game and blah, 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 and all these ridiculous things that I see. That is one extreme, right? If you're a fan that came in and said, okay, well, there's no Torian Thompson, they lost Geno Thorpe along the way. They're not very deep. They are laced with inexperience and young players, as Jim Beheim explains here. We got three front three front line guys, our three key players that have never played college basketball. Basketball children never played. Didn't play a Providence, sat out a year, played parts of eleven games, didn't even play in some games last year. It's his first year playing. He's getting better. Matt Moyer did not play last year. O'Shea did not play last year. We, we're the only team in the league, other than maybe Duke, they have a little different kind of guys, who are playing three guys that are first-year players. And the two guy, three guys that come off our bench are freshmen. So 
it, this league was always going to be hard. They held up early extremely well. We pulled out three or four games early that were, we were in worse shape than in this game, and we won. But in this league, you're not, it's hard. And these freshmen are learning. They'll get better. The trick with this is, despite the flaws, if you want to look at it that way, because Syracuse has overachieved in so many categories, especially when you lay it out that way, they're in every game they play. They're competitive with these teams. They're not losing by 10 or 12 points. And as Jim Beheim pointed out as well in that press conference, if we were losing by 8, 10, 12 points game after game, I'd be more concerned. Jim has this kind of eerie contentness to this team. He doesn't rip his players as much at press conferences. If anything, you know, he'll push back a little bit. Well, he always push backs on the media, of course. But I think he kind of knows, look, this is a, a, not a very deep team. They play their butts off on defense. They're smart about how they play defense. They check a lot of the boxes you need to, and he knows they are giving him everything they have, game in and game out. It's just us that didn't know. You're the only people who don't understand. <laughs> You're trying to make something out of nothing. There's nothing here. We're playing. We're going to keep playing. We're going to play just as hard next game as we played this game. It's not like, oh, we lost. Now we're going to play harder. They're playing hard. They're playing as hard. They played as hard today. Both teams played as you can play. Florida State's won 28 out of the last 29 games at home. It's not like it's you're going to come down here and win. It's going to be easy. And we had an opportunity to win in regulation and in the first overtime. So it's not like we're doing something that, wow, that's not good. We're playing. We played well. We can play better. I think we can play better in offense. You know, we didn't rebound today as well as we need to. We were better in the second half. One more from uh, Jim on following the Florida State game, and this was the one that got all the headlines and was noteworthy. Coach, at what point does a, I mean, for any team, it's, you know, now 1-4 in the league. Boy, stop talking about this. Five games, who cares? You got a whole season, you got 13 games to go. Anything can happen. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You play the next game. We had a tough start. I explained that. We had three tough road games. And if we'd have lost them by 10 or 12, I'd be really worried. We could have won, had a really good chance to win two of the three, and the other one's at Virginia. And the last I looked, there were two or three in the country. So, it's just tough league. Well, the, the, we had a tough start, for sure. Very tough. We started 0 4 one year and won 11 games in a 16 game league. It was uh, 9 and 9, not 11 wins, but close enough. You started 0 4, came out of that hole, and Let's see, uh, that team went to the Final Four. That team, though, had Michael Benajay. That team had Trevor Cooney. That team had Tyler Roberson. That team had Daywan Coleman. That team had something that this team does not. And that is experience and a couple other things we could throw in there. Not enough three-point shooting, not the balance of talent and depth that this team would need to pull that off. But it's not to say this team can't come out of this hole and do something. This is not a Final Four team. This is a team that's barely in the conversation for the NCAA tournament, but despite all the down flaws, they're in every game they play. And guess what? You got Pitt tomorrow. By the way, that's a 9 o'clock tip-off, which just... (laughs) 9 o'clock tip-off on a weeknight. And it's on the Yes Network. It's not like it's even a primetime ESPN game. We've got John Wildhack on this show Wednesday. Brent's going to be a little cranky after being up till 2 in the morning. 
doing coverage the night before, so just may have to ask about that. Nine o'clock start. You know you're getting old. Grandpa's losing his beauty sleep. Anyway. But you got Pitt, and Pitt stinks. I'm sorry. They're 8-9. They're 0-5. Gots to win that one. And you get Pitt in two of the next three games. You got Boston College wedged in there. And while Georgia Tech has turned things around, is 3-1 and one in ACC play as we speak, that's certainly in the winnable category. If you can rip off a 3-1, and 4-0 stretch... Well, you're back in the ball game. You're either five and four or at four ACC wins, and then following that, three of your next four are at home. Overall, five of Syracuse's next eight games are at home. So that was a tough start, and Syracuse did not survive it with the wins they needed, but they survived it with the confident uh, the confidence. Pardon me, that they can win. I think they just need the feeling of winning a game again, which they most certainly should get tomorrow. Don't take anybody for granted in the ACC. You don't want to be the first team to fall to pit. Wild things have happened. NC State's beaten Duke, and you look around the league, upsets happen. But that's where I think Jim, and I, I would never dare to speak for him. He certainly does a great job of it himself. But I think that's where Jim's coming off. Like, no, you play the next game. And at the end of that press conference, that's why I always tell you to watch these things. At the end of that press conference, Jim made a point to say, we'll be there Tuesday. We're going to play. We're going to show up. Right, But at some point, when does this conversation change? Because right now you are still in it, and you still have a shot. And What are you thinking, and who cares? We're, we're, we're competitive. It's like, But at some point, the math is not going to add up here. And will you continue to get that effort and continue to get what you need from your team once they start realizing, like, wait a minute, this we, we can't get out of this. Not there yet, not even close to it yet, but shows you the importance of the string coming up here. It's one thing when you're playing up in the league and you're playing ranked teams and playing better teams and you're giving it everything you have and coming up just short. Now Syracuse is in a stretch where they're actually going to be expected to win probably, I think, fairly their next four games. On that note, we'll take a break. We'll discuss a little more SU hoops coming up. We'll go on the blind side. You're certainly welcome to join the conversation at 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye.